everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. That is the post-race podcast here on The Athletic. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm along with Jordan Bianchi. And wow, this one, uh, Kentucky. Holy cow. I didn't see that coming at all. Who who could have seen that coming? Cole Custer wins the race. And straight up, too. No rain-shortened <laughs> race. No uh, fuel mileage. Straight no up. No fluky circumstances. Right, yeah. I mean, Cole Custer drives up on a late restart and takes it. Wow. I mean, he did, uh, that, he did the damn thing. He did. I mean, I'm still sort of like, uh, that was just amazing. I mean, um, watching that restart. Um, it, so let me, let me back up Jordan. So when the races are on uh, FS one, I am so far behind, uh, cause I'm like streaming it through an Apple TV. So it's not only mm-hmm. slower than like cable, but it's doubly slow through the Apple TV app and all that stuff. So I'm like, two minutes behind on the video. So I'm listening to PRN and all the scanners and stuff to cover the races. So I hear that Cole Custer won and there, you know, PRN is screaming, trying to tell you how it happened and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Cole Custer just won. So then by the time they get, he wins, I, I'm able to see what is basically the replay of the restart in live time. Right. So you could see, I mean, he, he lined up third on the outside. He got an incredible push from De Benedetto. And he's rocketing up the outside, but then it looks like Truex blocks him, so his momentum is kind of done. And I'm thinking, even at that point, well, of course I knew what happened, but I'm like, how does he? How does he get past it at this point? Because you're, once your momentum's done on these restarts, as we know, you're done. But uh, as it turns out, um, the other three people in front of him get three wide. Blaney, as he described it in his post-race uh, interview, says he gets an X Games jump, and. Um, <laughs> he goes over this jump that he didn't know was, was that big, all four tires off the ground. He said, uh, it wasn't a drain. According to him, it was just some bump. He doesn't know how it got there. I mean, they just read the repaved the track not long ago. So that rockets him up into Kevin Harvick. Truex had made contact with Harvick shortly before that to, uh, hurt Harvick's momentum. Meanwhile, Cole Custer is just rocketing on the outside past all of them, uh, right past the white flag. And he drives onto the win. All of a sudden, just like that, uh, what I thought was a pretty terrible race uh, for the most part um, got really interesting. The playoff picture is really interesting. So, man, what do you make of that? I thought, let me, can I divide this up? I thought the first part of the race, the first, I don't know, before the last 15 laps of this race was, was a pig. It was a pig of a race. It was just Is that awful. your, uh, is, is a pig like the worst it can get or something? Yeah, I think so. Is that so. the worst I mean, animal was... you can come up with for your you think of a worse animal? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know you were so anti-pig. No, I just this was an awful race. This was this was this was terrible. <laughs> no, I, I mean, agree. This was, I agree. This was. I agree. I mean, this was the, Kentucky to me is the absolute worst track on the circuit, and it's not even close. And any argument you can say about any other track, I can refute. But there is no refuting Kentucky. Well, are it we getting a Jordan been, rant here? Like there it was a Jeff terrible. rant. It's awful. It's a mile and a half racetrack, but we have too many of them. It's not in a great market. The racing is brutal. Uh, it's why this 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 if NASCAR wants to make the schedule better, take Kentucky off it. It is addition by subtraction. It's that bad. But you that don't you said, don't say such harsh po- comments about Pocono. Well, here's the difference about Pocono. I I like Pocono. Don, do I think Pocono should have two races a year? No, not at all. Now one race at Pocono is fine. What I like about Pocono though is it's a strategy race. I like seeing. 
the crew chiefs have to do things differently. It's a different kind of a race. It's out of the norm. It's on a different racetrack. Now, do I want to see Pocono every week? No. And I think that's part of Kentucky's problem, though, too, is that there's just too many 1.5-mile racetracks, and it's the worst of the bunch. So that's the difference between Pocono and Kentucky for me. That said, the last 20 laps were excellent, and that restart was phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, I recommend checking out. Fox went to the overhead camera in in the replays, and they showed how it all broke down. It's great, and Cole Custer deserves all the credit in the world because he went and took it from two champions and a very good driver in Ryan Blaney, and he won that race, like you said, straight up. That that was as impressive as it gets. Well, it's interesting because Cole Custer said, um, you know, it, it reminded him of Truck Series restarts because this package now uh, with the restricted horsepower. You know, they've, you've got to keep your momentum up the entire way around. And so he's riding the top line, keeping his momentum up. And, you know, he was just going to keep his foot in it. And fortunately for him, uh, everything opened up the way it did. I do want to go back to your comments about Kentucky, though. I, I agree with you. I uh, I really have no love for Kentucky at all. I, I think that uh, NASCAR doesn't need to be there. I mean, really, if, if, if you extend it to the entire weekend as well, uh, I didn't think the Xfinity races were good. Uh, I didn't think any of the races were, I, I wasn't like, wow, Kentucky's awesome. No wonder they race here. It wasn't good for any package. I mean, you're putting uh, ha- you're covering half the track with sticky stuff to try to make up for the deficiencies that it has. And it still wasn't a good race. You know what I mean? It just, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't think, and it, I, I was watching most of that race. Now, fortunately it finished well, but it's funny because, you know, like people like Bernard Pollard, the former NFL player keep popping in my head now is like mm-hmm. the example of new fans who have started mm-hmm. checking out NASCAR recently. And I'm thinking he's wa- watching this race going, uh, you know, this and, uh, like Indy and Pocono and stuff going, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I checked this out when Talladega started, you know, and you know, there was some other good races, but, uh, you know, but, but he, he posted a video at the end saying, you know, how excited he was and, and how much he liked it. So, I don't know. I just think, you know, NASCAR's got to, uh, look, you see that they were talking both on PRN and on, uh, on FS1 at points about the all-star race during while, while this Kentucky race is under green, they're talking about, what about the all-star race? So let's get excited (laughs) about that because this race was so bad. They didn't have anything like to talk about. The field was so spaced out. You couldn't, couldn't pass that much. Uh, you know, as we've documented over and over again with this rules package. So, you know, I, I just think that what a clear sign it is that that just this is just not uh, just not somewhere NASCAR needs to be. It's not a it's not a market that's really anywhere. I mean, it's 45 minutes yeah. south of Cincinnati. It's a little bit over an hour north of uh, Louisville. Well, let me even go further than that. There's other tracks in the area that aren't that far away. So if you're a race fan and you have other options because you do, Michigan's not that far away. Bristol, even Indianapolis, Indy's close. Are you yeah. Gonna, yeah. Are, are you going to choose to go to Kentucky? Come on. Not, there's no chance. There's nothing around there. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. But, you know, I think that we would have been, without those late cautions, we certainly would have been talking about probably a poll in like the uh, 30s or 40s percent, uh, something like that. I mean, that would have been pretty bad. Now I think that, you know, the last 20 laps or whatever got pretty saved. And it sort of started with a, a caution uh, where you had a restart and then uh, – Jimmy Johnson had driven up. He he'd had a great restart. Um, he drives up. There's a caution. He's going to restart third. And you're like, wow, Jimmy Johnson, maybe he's going to have a shot at this. Because we saw um, Harvick restart third in the non-preferred lane. 
and and take the lead. So, you know, maybe Jimmy's going to be able to do that, right? And then uh, he ends up spinning himself or getting spun, depending on your view, by Brad Keselowski. What, what do you think happened on that one? I thought Jimmy didn't get the best restart. Brad got a great restart and was very aggressive because all day on the radio chatter, you, you heard guys saying, hey, we got to get after on this restart. I mean, at one point, I think it was on Denny Hamlin's radio, they were talking about how cutthroat the restarts were, and you had to get after it. And Brad, who is a terrific restarter, got a great restart and dove to Jimmy's inside, and he was there, and Jimmy did not get going and came down and came across Brad's nose, and he went for a slide. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think, um, you know, Jimmy had, you know, Jimmy posted a tweet afterwards saying he was upset and he can't wait to restart behind Kozlowski next time. Um, but, you know, I understand why he was upset and, and all that, but I just don't see, I think Brad has much more of a case in, in this situation. I mean, Brad said, look, I mean, these restarts are a take fest. It's take, 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 you know, that's the only way everybody knows in this rules package, it's the only way you're going to get spots. Cause once it gets strung out, you're pretty much done. So everybody's trying to, uh, get crazy. And, you know, uh, I, I just think Jimmy was a victim of that. Like he was just a second too late c- trying to cut down. Brad was there. I don't know how much room Brad had to really make the move, but he was going to get to his inside, uh, left rear quarter panel at least. And, you know, it sucks for Jimmy because it would have been a pretty cool story really to see the uh, the COVID comeback or whatever uh, Jimmy had, had termed it on uh, on Friday, what his hope was going to be. But um, it's just it was just a, a really interesting race in, in terms of uh, guys who, you know, it seemed like as much as we talked about, well, nobody could pass – then you have, you know, Truex. He starts at the rear of the field, could have won the race. Harvick was, like, out to lunch all day with Hamlin uh, and some other guys like Keselowski for a while there. Uh, Harvick ends up having a shot at the race. He, he could have stolen that. Um, so it was interesting that, you know, people use various methods to get up there. Um, I'm not saying it was an interesting race in terms of actual racing, but the strategy for them to, you know, there was, there was a couple guys where you're just like, wow, what's going on? And some guys never rebounded, you know. Um, Eric Almirola was one of them. I mean, he yeah. was great early, led a bunch of laps, and then once he got back in traffic, just not the same. Yeah, and I mean, now he, you know, he ends up finishing eighth, and you would have thought he, he led a career high, um, you know, amount of laps, and you know, it became his his career best track overall because he he led uh, in that one stint, he led 128 straight laps. And you're like, wow, this is going to be Almirola's day. And it said it's another Stuart Haas driver who um, who wins it. And really, that shakes up the point picture now. So Cole Custer, uh, according to the live scoring thing I'm looking at, as we record this right after the race, we don't have the, uh, the points, the official points yet. But what my scoring monitor here shows is that Cole Custer is up to 20th place. He came into the day 25th. But obviously, he's now taken a playoff spot because the, the win gets you in automatically. So Austin Dillon is in 16th in points, but he is now out of the playoffs uh, at the moment. So, you know, that, that puts Jimmy Johnson in the final spot. Jimmy Johnson is 24 points up on Austin Dillon. Um, William Byron is another six points ahead of Johnson. Behind Austin Dillon is Tyler Reddick, but Tyler Reddick is... Uh, let's see, 41 points, I think, um, behind, if I'm reading that right. 
uh, behind Johnson. So Tyler Reddick, uh, you know, despite finishing 10th today, really that, that's a big, that's a big blow to him by having another rookie win. You know what I mean? Um, no. Yeah. And, and now I tell you who else is just to finish the start real quick. Uh, who else is really hurting now is Eric Jones. Uh, he's fallen to 18th in points. He needs to be 15th. So you're looking at, uh, let's see, 40, 42 points out is Eric Jones. And this is a guy who has said, Hey, I'm not too worried about it. We're going to be, we're going to be fine. But he finishes 22nd at Kentucky and tell you what, man, uh, he can't really afford to miss the playoffs. That's for sure. So what are your thoughts on the no. playoff picture? Well, a couple things. One, you're right about Eric Jones. He can't afford to miss the playoffs in a contract year. And, and secondly, Jones and Johnson have both thrown away a lot of points this year. I mean, a lot of points. They've had good runs. They haven't had the corresponding finishes. Jones has had top 10 runs at, you know, at Homestead and some other tracks. Uh, Indianapolis last week, you know, and didn't finish. And that that's costing him right now. Jimmy Johnson was going to win a stage at Darlington when he crashed. He at in the, what was it? The, what race was it at Charlotte? He finished second Coke 600, uh, in the 600. right? Yeah. Yep. Finished second in the Coke 600 gets disqualified, loses what? 42 points plus whatever he earned in that stage. Um, and then he misses a race because he, you know, he had the, he tested positive for COVID um, that that's a lot of points yep. and it's starting to look like, and we talked about last week, ah, oh, you know, maybe, you know, Johnson missed a race. Maybe if he comes back, he'll be okay. It's like those points are, if he can't win and he missed the playoffs, it's going to be because of everything he threw away in those races. Obviously last week you, you can't, you don't do much about that, but including today, tough. including today, yeah, today, today's a great, he finishes a great 18th point. And, and he was third yeah. on that restart. Um, you know, makes unfortunately what seems like a bad decision judging by the replays. I mean, you hate to say that because I think everybody wants to see uh, Jimmy at least make the playoffs in his final season. It would be pretty sad story really. Um, if seven time goes out and can't make the playoffs. Right. But um, this was, this was not supposed to be how his retirement tour went. No, and it's gone really the opposite between not having fans at the racetrack between, you know, having to miss a race and his consecutive start streak ending and just, and, and the win and the losing streak is, is continuing. This is not what people were thinking was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so that, that's going to be, I, I, you know, you would think Jimmy would be able to hang on the way that they run, um, you know, versus an Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick, but, you know, Eric Jones might be in a situation soon where he's got to start winning. Uh, and he can. I mean, yeah. they, they've had speed in their race cars. I mean, if there's a guy who can go out in there and win outside the playoffs right now, it, it's Jones. He's, he's shown he can do it. He won at Darlington last year, which is an incredibly tough track to do. So I, I don't think – I think we're still going to see somebody below that playoff cut line, maybe even two guys, win a race. Uh, it just because if you look at the guys who are down there, it, it's going to be interesting. Well, we haven't seen too many people – Certainly, twentieth um, or lower in points win races um, in recent years. I mean, you had Justin Haley last year, uh, you know, with sort of the out of nowhere upset win in a rain shortened mm-hmm. Daytona race. But then what happens is, you know, he wasn't running for points, so it had no effect on the playoff picture at all. You know, um, it really, I think, I think I saw maybe it was Zach Sterniolo from the Pocono Record brought up uh, on one of the conference calls. I, I don't know where the stat came from necessarily, so I'm just crediting him. But I guess the last full-time rookie to win a non-rain-shortened race, so sorry, Chris Buescher, sorry, Joey Logano, apparently was Juan Pablo Montoya in like 2007. So this doesn't happen very often where 
a Cole Custer type guy comes out of nowhere in his rookie season and, and wins a race like this. And I mean, he, he hadn't went, he hadn't led a single lap in his cup career until today. Um, it's just uh, pretty remarkable how this all happened, but it's, it's going to be something that people continue to talk about um, over the rest of the regular season here, because it's really, it really has changed the dynamic where I don't think, I mean, if you had asked me even earlier today, no way a, a driver outside the, you know, top 16 in points wins a race. It's just not going to happen. Like it just doesn't happen these days unless it's a total fluke. So real interesting situation here. I'll tell you what else that, um, unless you want to share a thought on this, but, um, I think that if you're a contender, you know, say like a Kevin Harvick type guy or a Denny Hamlin, you go, Oh, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Cole Custer, because you're not going to take that team seriously as a, uh, championship sure. threat. I mean, unless I'm absolutely, unless they're going to really there. gain, they're going to be an easy first round out. You would think, or second round. So yeah. now you're like, Oh cool. Well that actually keeps a possible threat potentially out. Um, so, I mean, if you're 16 the points, you're probably not a real threat anyway, but still, you know what I'm saying? No, I agree. I mean, if Eric Jones got in the playoffs, Eric Jones scares me because he's a guy who can get hot and we've seen it before where he runs off you know, top five finishes and, and can win. And we saw it last year with him during the, you know, during the summer stretch. So I don't want him in the playoffs. I do want Cole Custer because I don't think, you know, he's not going to make a deep playoff run more than likely. I'll even say this. I'd rather have Jimmy Johnson in the playoffs than, than Eric Jones. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. But I mean, you'd really want, um, you know, possibly like a potentially like a boomer bust guy, like a Tyler Reddick mm-hmm. where he could, yeah, he could sure. win a race, but he's probably not going to win the championship or even an Austin Dillon, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Well, Jordan, we have to talk about something else interesting and that is manscaping. Do you remember uh, last time we talked about this? I don't, but I'm going to bite my tongue because I was going to say something, but it's probably best I don't. So go ahead, please. Oh, okay. Well, last time we talked about it, it was pre (laughs) pre summer. So now it is summer and there could be a situation where you're out, uh, social distancing with your summer bod. So, uh, manscaped is here to ensure your post quarantine body is ready for the wild. Uh, it's important. Well, it, it may be, um, <laughs> manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. That's a kit that comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave. This third generation trimmer features skin safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. You can also adjust the settings, get a length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. And be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's as good for healthy chest hair as it is for your skin. It's important, Jordan. I agree. Absolutely. You want to have that summer bod. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know if I'm going to be uh, showing off the summer body anytime soon. Well, you're buried. It doesn't matter. So, well, it does. I mean, you know, you still want to look good, but I don't think I'm going to have the occasion to do so. So, uh, you know, no beaches uh, near Denver really. So I don't, I don't see myself getting out to the pool or anything like that, but maybe next year. But anyway, I'm for those of you who can uh, subscribers right now are going to get two free gifts, the shed travel bag, which is a $39 value add and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off free shipping with the code theathletic at manscaped.com. And again, for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. So Jordan, what else should we talk about from this Kentucky race that took place? Um, again, a race that wasn't too good, but salvaged itself. I mean, anything you want to say about the package yeah, I got restarts or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, the packages, the packages at this point, it's not going to change. Uh, the restarts, we already know about them. I think a couple things of note to me is Martin Truex Jr. looked really good today. Um, you know, almost won the race. We haven't seen that too much this year in a mile and a half racetrack. He's one win this year, came at Martinsville. For the most part, that team has just been, they've been good, but they haven't been great, but they looked like the team that they've been the last few years. And secondly, his teammate, Kyle Busch. I mean, just another frustrating day. And I think, you know, I've said the last few weeks, you know, Kyle's been having a good year, but by his standard, it's not his typical year, not a big deal. Today felt different, though, because it's still kind of the same thing. It just seems like little mistakes, little, you know, bad luck, whatever it is, is just hampering this team. Still doesn't have a playoff point. They had some kind of issue today. I mean, Kyle thought it was, Kyle was adamant that it was a broken shock and then they couldn't figure out what it was. And it just, he's that, that team is not performing to their expectations. They're not really performing to, even if you, you know, take into account that the bar is set ridiculously high for them, they're not performing to any, you know, to that, anything you'd expect out of a Joe Gibbs racing car. So just, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes because, and I'm probably reading way too much into this, but as someone who listens to the radio chatter, you can hear the frustration. It, it just seems like that frustration is just getting amped up. And Kyle seems like every week he's saying, hey, you're not listening to me, what I'm saying about the race car. I'm telling you this is what's going on, and you're not believing me. Maybe it's just because they haven't won. Like we talked about last week, he's got one win in the last year. It, it just feels like something is off with that team. Yeah, and I mean, uh, he finishes 21st at a track where you know, he's been really good, really, really good at Kentucky. I mean... Uh, you know, it's, he's 11th in points. It's just, it's just weird. Um, you know, I also though, I mean, I look at the Hendrick cars today, um, where I would have thought that, um, you mm -hmm. know, they were going to have a really good day because intermediate tracks have been their specialty. Yeah. You know, the flat tracks, uh, they didn't really show up as much at Pocono and Indy, but still you would have thought intermediate tracks going back to a, a mile and a half, they would be stronger. But I mean, um, you know, Chase Elliott, 23rd, Alex Bowman, 19th. Jimmy uh, obviously was going to have a good day, but finishes 18th. And then William Byron, 11th. So no top tens for Hendrick. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, I don't know. It's so hard to get a read again on, on what the, the pulse of things, uh, is right now. But, um, you know, there's another, another, uh, mile and a half track coming up next Sunday at Texas. So, um, you know, we'll be able to see pretty much, a similar issue where, uh, you know, it's going to be something where the PJ one probably takes effect again. And I would say it's, you know, you would expect Texas to be somewhat of a similar race to this, right? Yeah. I mean, new surface, tough to pass hot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hot slick. I think the Fords are going to be really strong. And, you know, talking about the Hendrick cars, I don't think they certainly have not had the same speed that they once did. It's, it seems that Ford has eclipsed them. And at times that the Toyotas of Joe Gibbs racing are as good as they are, if not better. So I, I no longer look at Hendrick as the, 
the, as the organization that they were at the beginning of the year when everybody was saying, hey, wait a second, these guys are back, they're going to win races. It, it feels like that, I don't say the window's closed, but the, the margin of error that they had is certainly gone. And it, and it does seem now that the wins that Chase Elliott kind of let slip away, Alex Bowman let get away, those may come back to bite them a little bit when they those points, you know, you need those play, valuable playoff points later in the year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very true. And, um, you know, I thought the Penske cars ran better today, including to Benedetto as well. So, Oh, yeah, great run. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if Penske's going to start stepping it up a bit. I mean, even though Pe- Keselowski was out to lunch for a while, um, once he got out front uh, and then he, he got past, he came on the radio at one point and said, hey, we're pretty close. We're only one adjustment away from really being um, in contention here. So, you know, if he feels that his cars are getting better, um, I think that's something interesting to watch. And, and uh, you know, Hendrick, Hendrick sort of slips further behind here. And again, they're starting to run out of time before the playoffs. So um, now, Jordan, I, I did hear a rumor. Um, I don't know if you can confirm this, but I heard that <laughs> you may be in attendance at a race uh, for the first time since yes. Daytona 500. Is this true? That is absolutely true. I'm actually, I won't tell you what I'm skipping to attend this, but I will be at Bristol. Uh, very excited. It'll be the first time I've been at the racetrack since Atlanta, March 13th, which that was the Friday where NASCAR put its season on hold. That's right. You were going to go down there, and just as you were pulling into the track, they uh, canceled the weekend. Uh, yeah, just about. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to get back there and get back to a race. And it'll be an interesting one too, because, um, this all-star race with the, with the choose rule, um, seeing that for the first time, I'm super excited about that to see how that works. And you'll have a good view of that from the press box to see, you know, I, I don't know whether it's going to be a total, um, mess as far as getting people lined up or whether all the drivers will, you know, uh, follow the rules exactly right and get in line by the time that, you know, they're supposed yeah. to commit to one way or the other. It'll be interesting. I mean, you could have used a choose rule at Kentucky for sure, but for sure. Um, uh, yeah. I'm curious too. And I, you know, I go back to the quote that Joey Logano had, which I thought was really good, which was, you know, 12 year olds can figure it out. And, you know, legend cars, why can't we, but I also know it always seems like the simplest rules the crew chiefs tend to, and drivers tend to overthink and try to figure out a way to game it to their advantage. And I'm worried that, somebody's going to try to pull some kind of shenanigans that we're not even thinking about and it's going to screw it up for everybody. But I'm hopeful that this is, you know, works out and there, there's no, there's no issues. And I think if this goes successfully, I don't think it's unreasonable that we're probably going to see this implemented before the playoffs from the conversations I've had is that that is a distinct possibility. So we'll see what happens. Well, yeah. And that's the thing too. I mean, even if somebody can think of a way to game the system, which a little bit, which I don't, I can't think of off the top of my head. I can't either, but you know how this goes. Right. Right. I agree. But you would think that the drivers who've been pushing this and stumping, uh, stumping for it for a while would want it to go well. And so, um, they're not going to throw it all away after they've finally gotten a chance to show it, that it works. They're not going to throw it all away. You would, you would hope. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we will be doing a, uh, a bonus podcast after the all-star race that night. And that's not in this regular, uh, feed. Like if you're listening on Apple podcasts here, it's for subscribers only to the athletic. So right now we still have the, uh, 30 days free deal going. If you subscribe off the link to any of our stories, you should be prompted with that offer. 
and uh, you can that includes the podcast as well that we do that are for subscriber onlys. Or uh, if you want to hear the non-ad version of this podcast, this, you can listen to it on The Athletic as well for subscribers. Now, Jordan, one last item of business here. And of course, I was trying to put this off because it's so unpleasant. Uh, I have lost the Was It A Good Race poll uh, this week for Indianapolis. Oh. You have you have defeated me. Uh, it was, I believe, 63 point something percent. You guessed 62. I guessed 67. You have snapped my streak, and I am very disappointed about this. Is that like three wins in four weeks or something like that? If I cared, I would keep track. But No, I, I was on like a three-race winning were, streak. But so. then I snapped that, and I won like back-to-back, and then you won last week, and then I won this week. So, yeah. I won both Poconos. Don't take that away from me. And then you won Indy, so. Whatever. Anyway, here's Whatever your you here's need. your shot uh, once again, Kentucky. Out of print, yeah. Out, out of principle, I feel like I should just vote forty percent because I thought this race was horrible uh, until the last 10, 15 laps. I don't know. I mean, I, I, this is the classic. What are people going to remember about this race? How do you vote? Do you vote for the finish or do you vote for the overall well, let's, race? Let's fin- let's hold on a second. You 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 have a better memory than I do. So last year's race, if I recall was not a good race except for the Kurt versus Kyle finish. Yep. Was it a good race before that? Or am I just not? Uh, I don't think it was. I don't think it was awful if I don't remember correct, but I don't think it was amazing. It certainly wasn't anything I remember. Yeah. All I remember is Kurt outdueling Kyle and a good finish or thrilling finish kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So that race last year with that result, not so good race, good finish got 81%. Oh my goodness. Uh, so I think that the last 20 laps or whatever may salvage it somewhat. Um, yeah. I don't probably. know. I don't know. So do you want to, are you sure you want to stick with 40? I guess I'm trying to help you out here. Uh, you know, I'll just go with 60. Fine. I'll give some people some credit. Great. 60%. Yeah. Woo. Do it. All right. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard because, like you said, I mean, do you, when you think of these, do you, do you, when you look at a great race, how do you gauge a great race personally, Jeff? Is it the last few laps or is it the, the totality of the race? No, I agree. I did not think this was a good race to personally. I didn't think it was a good race because the majority of the race, I was like, this sucks. This is awful. You know, I hate Kentucky. I was thinking to myself, I will never go to c- cover a Kentucky race again, if I have the choice, like it, I just, there's like really nothing I like about the trip, the place. Yeah. I, I was just like, you know, trying to stay awake, you know, just like not into it. Um, and then, you know, again, the end, very exciting rookie winner first time, you know, all this stuff. You're like, Whoa, okay. This is something here, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't think that one restart makes something a good race. It makes it a good restart, you know? So uh, yeah, that's what, that's, I, that's why I would vote. No, I suspect some people will be along the same lines as me, but other people will say, Hey, that was exciting finish. I got what I, what I wanted out of it. So I think it could be closer to 70. I'll just go 70. And, um, yeah. I, I think you'll probably win. Honestly. Um, I think it will be closer to 60. It could be even in the fifties, but I could see 70. So I'll just, I'll just say 70. Cool. I think the quicker we can all forget about the the first, I don't know how we laps before that final restart, we're better off for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's bad when you're having a guy like Eric Almarola who never uh, dominates a race or leads, you know, much at all. And he's leading 
And instead of going, wow, Eric Omarola, he, you know, he could win. This is really a breakout moment for him. You're going, oh my gosh, this is all not even halfway over yet. Jeez, this is a long race. Oh, this is so boring. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, you no, know, and I want to go back to what you said earlier too. It's not I, there was passing today. That wasn't my issue. I mean, we did see guys. We saw Harvick, Truex. You know, numerous guys move from the back to the front. I just. It wasn't exciting, though. There wasn't prolonged stretches of side-by-side racing. Guys could pass, but it wasn't guys could run each other, you know, run side-by-side. It was just it was just tough. It, it just, this place sucks. This track sucks. <laughs> just put a for sale sign in front of it. Let's just move on. Everybody would be better off. Wow. Strong, strong. All right. Well, uh, everybody, we will talk to you Wednesday night. I guess, Jordan, you'll be podcasting from the track. Yes. So that'll be exciting. Looking forward to it. That'll be very exciting. Yeah, I'm a- I have major FOMO and am jealous. You get to see the under underbody lights and all this stuff. And How do you feel about the lights, by the way? Uh, I, I think, think it's cool. I think it's a cool thing. It could look neat, but here's my concern. Uh, are you going to be able to see them? Like Bristol Motor Speedway, is, it's, it's not like it's dark in there. It's lit up really well. Yeah really well so are you going to be able to see the lights it's not like you know because people like when they announced this everybody showed the pictures from nashville last year when they're doing the burnouts for champions week and it was like dark dark street street and smoke and and the underbody lights okay you know what i mean like that's um that's that's different this bristol is going to be a very well-lit track so i don't know (laughs) i don't know whether you'll be able to tell so but i mean i think it's cool it's I'm all about yeah. the all-star race trying stuff. So agreed. Yeah. Anyway. No. And I, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be exciting. I think this is going to be phenomenal. I think Bristol, it's just, it's setting itself up for something very memorable to happen. Oh yeah. I'm well, way be better there. than Charlotte for sure. So oh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, Lucky you. All right. Well, uh, it was good to talk to you and thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you Wednesday night on the teardown.